Today's solemn profession takes place at a strange time. At the moment, in the midst of so much uncertainty, we might even say turmoil, there would seem to be nothing more irrelevant in the world than a solemn monastic profession in a small monastery. Of course, if we look at history, anyone who knew Abraham when he lived at Ur and set off from that city, following God, leaving everything behind, any of his acquaintances would have thought that this whole thing was irrelevant to anything that mattered to the superpowers of the day, Babylon and Egypt. For that matter, scarcely any Roman of any importance would have seen a group of a dozen Jewish ex-fishermen and tax collectors being of any relevance whatsoever to the future of the Roman Empire. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus warns us, don't judge events and persons by worldly standards. What is exalted among men is an abomination to God. So with this key, what might be the meaning of our brother Anthony's intention today to abandon himself to God in the monastic life, in this monastery? What is its relevance to us who are gathered here as witnesses? Well, let's begin by saying God made us for himself, all of us, each one of us, every person in history. This means each of us, each human being, has a capacity for God. This is called by the Latin theologians the capax dei. This is an amazing reality if we give it any thought, but it does correspond to our deepest longings if we really are honest with ourselves. St. Augustine, whose words I was channeling a moment ago, goes on to say that because we are made for God, our hearts are restless until we rest in him. The capacity for God means that our desires are potentially infinite. In fact, they are. It's just sometimes we don't admit it. This means any attempt to satisfy ourselves through material comfort, political power, or even good health, will not only fail at some level, any finite thing or condition I obtain in this world still leaves an infinite distance between my desire and its satisfaction. And the temptation then is to double down and try to get more stuff, more comfort, more safety, or to fear the loss of the few things that I actually have. And this produces no small amount of anxiety for all of us. We encounter this abyss in ourselves, this, this infinite empty space meant for God, meant to be filled with the divine life, everything we could hope for. And instead, we try to fill it with everything but. And so it is that our Lord, as well as his disciple, St. Paul, urge us to rethink, to reassess our priorities and desires, to be renewed in our minds and our hearts 
and see things as God sees them. To do this, our Lord teaches us, we must lose our lives in order to gain them. Just before this passage that we heard in Matthew's Gospel, I know it well because it's where Peter gets his name, and I, I feel for him because I was given the name Peter late in life, and I, I'm aware of the implications of that. But just before this, Jesus rebukes Peter in the strongest possible language for clinging to a worldly way of looking at things. Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You're not on the side of God, but men. What had Peter done to deserve this rebuke? Simply expresses a sense of scandal that the Messiah had to die and suffer. He had to suffer at the hands of the authorities, the people who meant something in the world. And are we all like Peter a lot of the time when suffering comes up? We don't like to think of the renunciations that God asks of us. And oftentimes they just feel too difficult to give things up for God. Let's turn it around, though, from another perspective. Isn't this actually just the gospel? And I really mean that as good news, a word of hope and renewal. If we have to rely on our own efforts to solve our present problems, we're in big trouble. Wouldn't we be on the brink of despair? Aren't many of us there now? What the gospel proclaims is that our salvation, what's going to fix the situation, is God who comes from outside this entire mess. The fulfillment of our desires comes from outside the flailing pandominium of the world, it comes from a place of peace and love into our world to be with us, to bring us home. All that God asks of us is to live in accordance with the promises we made at baptism and to deepen our commitment every day to those promises. In today's collect, the opening prayer after the Gloria, the Church shows us that monastic profession is a sign that the sanctifying grace of baptism has been and is flourishing in the life of our brother Anthony. Mysteriously, his yes to God's call to his vocation is a sign that God's quiet power is at work in the world right now. And it's calling each of us out of the world. And in a sense, Brother Anthony's going ahead of us. We will symbolize this dramatically in just a moment when Brother Anthony lies prostrate beneath a funeral pall as we all sing the litany together and we invoke the presence of God's saints who have themselves gone before us in triumph and are united to us as members of the one body of Christ. But let me again quickly shift perspective here, that this way to God through self-abandonment is only open to us because God first entered our world to open a way back to him, to reveal to us our true homeland that we're, that we're really longing for, that yearn for a place of rest and peace. It's not found in this world. Death is okay from that perspective. It's what gets us there. And if we really seek peace, we must turn our eyes again and again to Jesus Christ crucified and raised and to his saints 
And we must have men and women willing to go ahead of us, to leave everything behind, to show us how this is done. And so our celebration today will move each of us closer to this new and purified world, mysteriously replacing this old world that's passing away, that world to which we cling to so desperately and make ourselves miserable. And freed from the compulsion to seek satisfaction in the things of this world, we will be fortified against the temptations to sin that come from anxiety about the world, the temptation to skimp on justice, to give in to anger and despair, to sadness, to seek escape in pleasures of the flesh. And as we resist these temptations and grow closer to God, and he draws near to us, as we point others then to our true home, to genuine rest and peace, may we learn more and more to embrace the sufferings that come with being in this land of exile, that our faith may be a source of joy and consolation for others, and may win many of them to Christ.